Hello, and welcome to Mind the Forest, a podcast of the Louisiana Forestry Association. I'm your host, Jeff Zarang. We'd like to welcome Lisa Delaney. Lisa is the president of Seeds for Trees, which is a new nonprofit organization. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about what Seeds for Trees is. Seeds for Trees is a nonprofit that is geared toward teaching people about growing trees and how it can enhance our ecosystem, starting with children. We provide tree seed growing kits to schools for children to learn about trees, about how they grow, and hopefully get some future foresters or future tree farmers or just pique their interest is all I want to do. Just pique their interest in trees and how it affects the world around them. So how did all this get started? I worked in the seed company for years. And and that's with Louisiana Forest Seed? Yes, it is. Okay. And for years, every year almost, a teacher would contact me and ask for, can I have some seeds for a class project? Or can I have some seeds for a, a science project? And I just got to thinking this would be great for any teacher to have this available to them. And so it, it just kind of evolved from that. I would have kids come to the seed plant and give them tours, explain about trees, about how the seeds move with the air, with the water, and how the trees grow. And they loved it. And they were able to plant a little acorn of their very own. They'd bring their little milk cartons, and I'd put dirt in it, and they'd plant their little... And they loved it. And the teachers loved it because with just that basic seed in the box, they could change it to whatever curriculum they they were working on at the time. With just the raw materials, they could they could go anywhere with it. And they liked that idea. So whenever I send tree seed growing kits, it's just the kits. The teachers make their own curriculum. What does the, the kit contain? The kit has... Of course, the seed, and it depends on the end result of where the seed's going to be on which seed it is. Okay. I, I will go into that a little. Yeah, that is a curious part of it. Yes, yeah. a little bit farther. We used compressed peat pellets that you add water to and they expand. Mm-hmm. That's what the seed gets planted in. And a little cup, little wax-covered paper cup, and a Ziploc bag. Okay, the Ziploc bag is to... Make it like a greenhouse. It makes its own little greenhouse. And it makes the seeds sprout faster. Really? Because kids want instant gratification. Well, that's true. They want them up and ready and growing. And that just seems to speed it up just a little bit. Once they start seeing the sprout come up, they they take it out of the Ziploc bag and start watering it. And their tree grows from there. Uh, Is the Ziploc bag sealed or is it just covering it? There's a little bitty opening, okay. but it's mostly sealed. We do ask them to leave just a little bit opening in there. Okay. But it condensates, and so it waters itself. It's really a neat concept that that it came that we came up with, that, and it works. Now, is that something that they have to, I guess in the, in the beginning, they don't have to tend to it. They just have to observe it. They just watch it. Does they, it have to have a lot of sunlight, a little sunlight, a little both? A little sunlight helps. But if it's in a closed classroom, it still works. 
Is there an age group that you particularly look to? I like from fourth grade mm-hmm. up to 12th. Okay. Uh, because of the hands-on and waiting, and it's better for the older kids. They also, I uh, didn't mention, they also get a, uh, we call it a coloring book. It's really just an illustrated instructional book. The older kids use it to collect their data, and the younger kids use it as a coloring book. And there's a couple of puzzles in there. You know. Well, the older kids can color, too, if they yeah, feel so inclined. That's true. The bigger so. kids can color. So it's interesting. We participate in, before COVID, we participated in Forest Awareness Weeks. And we would have kids primarily in the fifth grade that would come out either to the East Kincaid Boat Launch area or the Indian Creek Recreational Area. And those kids oftentimes don't get a whole lot of exposure to a lot of trees other than maybe at city park or something like that, or in their neighborhood. What do you find that these kids first realize when you start working with them and how trees grow? I think it's more about where the seeds come from. That's what gets their interest. You know, a pine cone and you shake it and the seeds come out. Well, how many kids know that? Not many. Yeah, it's true. Acorns, they know acorns because they're in their schoolyards and they play on, they walk on them and they play on them. But other things like sweet gum, they know the balls. But when you shake them, these little teeny tiny seeds come out. <laughs> and they don't know that. They don't realize what they no, are. They don't realize what they are. They don't realize these are containers for the seeds to mature in and get ready to plant. That's the kind of interest. That's where their interest comes in, hmm. where they come from. And that's where that's what I want to teach, where they come from. In the Forest Awareness Week, their first exposure to a forest oftentimes is those places. And you know, there are areas that are publicly accessible. So do they learn the concept, not just of where the seeds come from, but as they grow what type of forest these seeds or these trees, once they start growing, uh, where where they would be better suited, wetland areas or... Oh, yeah, we do cover that. Mm-hmm. Whenever a teacher requests seed, one of the conversations I have with her is, where is this seed going to end up? Are your kids going to be able to plant them in their own yard? Are they going to be able to bring them home and plant them in their yard, in grandpa's yard, in auntie's yard, whoever? Or is it like an urban area that's not going to be able to plant and we need to do something else with these trees in the event they're going to bring them home you know if it's south louisiana they get cypress they get catabola they get things that are swamp trees Mm -hmm. things that would work where there's water or just low lands and if it's northern louisiana they'll get hardwood they'll or they'll get pine longleaf or they'll get some loblolly maybe? Yes, or? yes. So it's something to that effect. Yeah. We are connected with a program called, uh, LSU has a program called Coastal Roots. And this program grows trees to integrate with the Louisiana Coastal Restoration Programs. And Dr. Pam Blanchard agreed that any trees that we have that are grown that can't be used in the area she will take 
in that case, she gave me a list of trees that she needs, and I would go off that list. So I would have the correct trees for her for whatever area she's working on. And that's the trees that the teachers would get to grow. That makes a lot of sense in that you are purposing these trees. Absolutely. That's curious. If the kids know what area of the state might have their trees, they might one day find them. Right. That's where it comes into where, you know, with low land, you have these trees. With hilly land or with higher altitude lands, you need these trees. Mm -hmm. And so we do go through that. I hate to keep referencing forest awareness, but those uh, stations are geared toward the sciences. And these are areas that students need in order to pass either a leap test or whatever they call those tests nowadays. And so it's a practical field trip for them. It's a fun field trip for them. In this, you're sort of bringing the field trip to them, it sounds. Yes. And that's the, I think I can catch more children. I can get the attention of more children. We ran a pilot program in the spring. Almost 800 kids went through it. And whenever I go to uh, markets, uh, farmer's markets or festivals or something, and I set up my booth for information purposes, these kids will come up and go, yeah, I, I grew that. I grew a tree from you. And it's just amazing. So, yeah, I planted it in Papa's yard, you know, and, and it's doing good or whatever. And it's, it's good to, to hear that they recognize that this is an important thing. I want them to know trees are an important commodity, however you use them for you, ecosystem or for economic reasons. Right. And even so, with all the talk of climate change and things of, of that nature, the carbon storage that yes. is in the industry that we talk about quite frequently now, that's something I'm sure that comes up in education. And at least this is a way that they can grasp how important trees are and and really yeah. not just to to their yard, but for the entire ecosystem of the state. Right. One of the schools that I worked with was a junior high, and they did a cross-curriculum with my trees. So the English teacher made them write essays on trees. The uh, science, of course, they grew the trees. Geography got in on it. Math got in on it. Everybody at the same time was focused on trees in some form. If it was economics, if it was history, of if it, whatever it was. Everybody at the same time. And it worked really, really well. And there's another school that I'm talking to now that I mentioned that with, and they're trying to get that together. So all the kids have access to different thoughts about trees and and what you do with them and the history or where they are. And it's just a lot of different areas that they cover at one time. Do you find any particular area of the state or any particular setting to urban schools that may not have as much exposure as, say, rural schools whose students could have parents who work at the mill or work as a forester or work as a logger? And so that setting, that urban setting, just has less exposure to the resources that are all around them, that they use every day. So is is that maybe a long time or, or more uh, enticing 
goal that that seeds for trees has well yeah that that really is um that is one of the reasons i set up a collaboration with coastal roots so i would be able to go into the urban schools and i would be able to do the program and the trees would be used otherwise they would just be trunked if i didn't have somewhere for them to 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 send them and it's the teachers like the idea of being able to use these trees the urban schools really like the idea of being able to send them off and being used. Otherwise, I don't think they would be as interested in running the program with 160 trees. What do you do with them if you can't plant them anywhere? I guess it also gives the students a sense of accomplishment that not only are they learning something, which at times would probably be the less fun thing for them, but uh, (laughs) that they're in their own little way doing something to help their state, to help their environment. Right. They're contributing to the overall ecosystem of the state. And I really hope that it stays in their in their mind. That didn't sound right, but it stays. It stays they, with them. It stays with them. The, the idea that they have. Right. Um, they have done something that is not just fleeting for yeah. their classwork. Right. But is really more substantial. Right. And something that they could possibly, and maybe it's not they, and I said it earlier, but they may not be able to find their particular tree, but they could find that they participated in maybe a replanting of a coastal zone or replanting of uh, a streamside management zone that, that needed more hardwoods or things of that nature. Right. One of the places that they were, a rest- doing a major restoration was on the Tesh. And so right now, any trees that I have this, uh, the begin- this, this first half of the school year, that's where they'll go. If I have any to send, that's where they'll go. So perhaps they can do more research or more studies on the Tesh and why it needs to be reforested and why and what's happening with it. It's interesting to me too in what you had said earlier concerning maybe piquing their interest in ecology in some way or you know maybe have some little foresters running around, future foresters running future around. Future foresters, future tree farmers. Even um, even entrepreneurs who might want to form their own company to become a logger, become a seed processor or right. a even a nursery it just depends on on what interest that stirs but it op, it offers them the opportunity to do that it does it gives them just a little bit of insight and being it's a hands-on extended program because it takes 10 14 days for this thing to come up for it to sprout so it's an extended program to where you know we're looking at a month a month, two months, maybe they're watching this thing grow. So they're going to remember that it's not just a one day program. It lasts for a couple months. And I, I think if they're going to remember things, they're going to remember something that they, every day they went and checked on their tree or compared their tree with somebody else's tree yeah, or compared this tight, you know, just, just low quad up against a, Cyprus. Well, if there are teachers listening or maybe spouses of teachers listening and they want to get involved with this or try and get their class tuned into this, what would you suggest they do? I have a website, Seeds for Trees, with the number four, 
instead of the word for seedsfortrees.org or they could email me at info at seedsfortrees.org and I will be more than happy to help them and set their class up or the organization. It can be Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, environmental group. It's not just schools. It's pretty much anybody that wants to participate in this. I can, I'll set them up. So scouts looking for a possible Eagle project, listen Absolutely. up. Or maybe parents of, uh, of potential Eagle Scouts, listen up. You might want to look into that and see. Lisa Delaney, president of Seeds for Trees. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you so much for asking. Thank you for listening to Minding the Forest, a podcast of the Louisiana Forestry Association. If you'd like to learn more about sustainable forestry, the LFA and its programs, and how you can be part of an organization that supports landowners, loggers, and wood manufacturers in the state, go to www.laforestry.com. And remember, at the Louisiana Forestry Association, remind you the forest for you. Mm-hmm.